What's up, everybody? It is I, Sigma, and we are back with episode 27 of the BBET Gamescast. I'm joined by Superman Jeff. Hey, what's going on, people? As well as Blue Bones. What's going on? It's your boy. And we're going to start, not like we always do, with a short story. I just want to tell you guys a little bit about how my Thanksgiving uh, weekend went. <clears throat> For the most part, it was pretty good. Um, I have a really huge family, and... Uh, we all gathered at my uncle's house in Cherry Hill, and about 60 or so of us were all crammed into his house, wow. and um, my family has this yearly tradition where all the, they call they like to call themselves the older generation, like all the, the parents and grandparents and stuff, they'll mm-hmm. gather everyone around where they're hanging out, like the main living room, they're all sitting in a circle, like talking and whatever, whatnot, they'll gather everybody around, <clears throat> usually they'll get like a, some kind of PA system, like a microphone and stuff. And they have everyone basically just say, oh, what are you thankful for? And then also give um, a, a, a list of accomplishments that you've done or to basically just what you've done over the course of the year or since the last time most of them maybe have seen you and stuff. That's pretty nice. Um, it, it, yeah, it is nice in sentiment. <clears throat> but over the years, it has kind of turned into a bit of a, a, a bragging <laughs> like time window. And you can tell like there's a bit of a disconnect because like, the adults – like to basically show off, oh, this is what my kid's done. Oh, this is what my kid's done. Yeah. And then the kids, you know, a lot of us are millennials. Some of us aren't doing too well. <laughs> <laughs> so they don't like to get on the mic and be like, okay, so my cousin just got a brand new job and bought a brand new car, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I'm still working the same job. I've been working for like the past four years. I don't really have much to update. I don't really want to say nothing. So it's kind of this push and pull between those two things. Um, and ultimately, it's pretty funny. Because <laughs> you get a lot of pushback, then you get the adults getting mad that someone didn't do it right, and this, that, and the third. I that can imagine for, for y'all's generation, it's like an open mic night. Like, you guys... Right. <laughs> like they, they asked me and my oldest brother to kind of share MC duties, where we're like kind of hosting it and pacing things and telling people who to come up and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. that, that tends to be pretty fun, because I'm kind of belligerent on the mic. And, um, you know, like, oh. <laughs> like my son, um, Adam wasn't with me. Like he was with his mom this Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So it was just me and my girlfriend, Kia. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody likes to ask me, oh, where's Adam? Where's Adam? Where's Adam? Oh, hey, where's Adam? Where's, where's Adam? Where's Adam? So, of course, it's like, he, I lost him. I don't, <laughs> like, <laughs> like where, do you, where do you think he is? Like, it's a holiday. He's not with me. He must be with he's off his mom. Days. It should be like so, he's hiding. Go find him. I told my, I told my uncle he couldn't get off work and stuff. Like he's studying abroad, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> let him live. He's a wizard. But, um, get off of work. Uh, afterwards, we we actually drove up to Connecticut to see uh, my girlfriend Kia's sister's family, well, okay. her family, her sister's house and stuff. So we were hanging out with them uh, for Friday into Saturday. Uh, we drove back from Connecticut, and my tire exploded. On the way back, <laughs> so like, <laughs> spon- spon- spontaneous. Yeah, because like we were just cruising. All of a sudden, you just hear like this loud rumbling, and like there's this big truck to the side of us. So I'm like, Yo, is that the truck making all that noise? Like, what the hell is going on? Couldn't find out it's not the truck. Like the car is like rumbling. I had to pull over to the side. We we're on like this tiny stretch of highway, so yeah. it was dangerous to kind of get out and try to walk around and stuff. So we ended up calling like a tow people. Um, luckily, I had a donut in the trunk, and it was like. It was free for them to just replace it as long as I had the donut yeah. for them to put on it. Like, oh, that's pretty cool. anything. Yeah, so so that was kind of okay, a, a lucky day. It took like maybe an hour off the trip, but that wasn't too bad. 
Okay. So, that was my Thanksgiving. I don't know if you guys want to share anything about yours or not. Spontaneous combustion, man. It's it's a problem that uh, they've been trying <laughs> to solve. The infernal, infernos are running crazy. Yo, and, uh, you gotta watch Fire Force. It's been an ongoing issue. You gotta oh, watch what that's Fire. reference to? <laughs> yeah, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> what have we been playing? But anywho, now? yeah, we're getting into what we've been playing. Does anybody want to start um, off? I can go. I'll go. You know. Um, so I just started playing Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, Blue's Ooh. talking about it so much. I was like, let's give it a <laughs> shot. Let's see what's going on there. So picked it up. So it comes on. It's like, I think the first one's like um, Padawan. And there's Jedi. Mm-hmm. Then there's Master Jedi. Then there's Grandmaster. So it tells you how much like the difficulties go up for each thing. Like mm-hmm. enemy aggression, damage, your window for parry. Uh, the parry okay, window. Okay. They actually specify that on every difficulty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Grandmaster was like, I was like, no, the parry window was like that much. <laughs> oh, so they, they want you to be like maxed. frame perfect. Wow. Everything else was maxed, and I'm like, nah. It's like, oh, okay, Grand. I was like, okay, Jedi Master. Okay, I got, I can do that. Not bad. Okay. Jedi. I got a little, a little experience with difficult, you know, souls like games. So uh-huh. I was like, let's let's let's, let's try this out. Let's go in. Um, it's not too bad once I get used to a specific enemy type. So I'll do is I'll come across an enemy type. I'll fight it over and over and over again just to kind of get get it down pat. Mm. Um, so, like, I came across... Um, am I able to discuss that? I don't know if that's, like, a spoiler type. Um, I streamed, like, the first the okay. first bit of it. Um, so you could talk about that. And yeah, <clears throat> Did we get up to Dothamir or no? Yes. <laughs> okay. So no, 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 no. Because I got stuck on that toad dude, that the first big frog monster in the beginning. Yeah, no, we didn't so talk we'll about Dothamir, but we'll talk, talk about, about the t- we'll talk about the toad dude. So it's this huge toad. Yeah. I fought like very early when I first landed on the first planet, and I'm like, what the heck is this thing? And it ch- to glowed red, and it charged at me, and just like murked me. And I'm like, whoa. But like one hell? hit. One hit me. I'm like, Sick, oh, remember, that was the boss I was fighting on my stream. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember. That's yeah. the one I was kicking my butt. And he's so, playing at a harder difficulty. So I was like, okay, cool. Fine. So the souls in me is always trying to find a way around um, direct combat. What can mm-hmm. I do? Is there a way around him? Is there something above him? So I let him chase me. I climbed up the ladder. I mean, a little grass. Mm-hmm. And I jump. It was jumped down. You can do kind of like an uh, not an assassination, but the X button comes up, yeah. so you can hit hit him with that. Did a, a good amount of damage. Turtled him out again. Ran back up. Climbed up back again. Jumped down. Did the so, same thing. So, so that's a lot that. like that first uh, boss in Dark Souls. Like what? What is that? The what is that the thing warden? called? Yeah, the warden. The warden. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's a. And if you guys don't remember, like original Dark Souls. One of the first big bosses you meet in like the very first area is this massive demon who will kill you in one or two hits, and you can fight him straight up. Like it's kind of a a trial by fire to let you know, okay, this game is for me. Or you can look for other options, find a pathway up and around, and then do like a diving attack on him mm-hmm. and basically kill him in like one or two shots. Wow! So that's if if that's kind of how that boss fight plays out, then it seems like that's kind of an homage to the Soul series, which that whole game seems to kind of be 
Oh, this wasn't the boss though. This was the like mini boss. Mini boss. Guy. Mini boss. <laughs> but so was so was that warden though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah well, that's true. This yeah. one was. Uh... So then I make it to the vault. I come out the vault. There's another frog. Oh <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't a mini boss. <laughs> no, I'm like okay, cool. So I spent time fighting him, learning his like the tongue lash and stuff like that, and how to dodge him and how to avoid him. I think I fought him like maybe like 10, 15 times to kind of get him down pat. Um, then after I left there, we went to, um, nope, same planet. Nope, different planet. Vesson <laughs> or Vesser? Zepho? Zepho. Boom. Yeah, I don't know Zepho. how I got that up. So I got to Zepho, came mm-hmm. across the first little Inquisitor Trooper, this dual wielding dude in black suit with these purple lightning batons. Yeah, and I'm fighting him. In the trailers and stuff, right? Oh my god, it was annoying. So I'm yeah, fighting him. No joke. And he's trained too, so he's like, he's doing like combos, and he's fucking out. smack the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, that'll definitely, like, that'll definitely make you like try to rush him. Like, oh, shut up! And you run in there, yeah. and then he just catch you off guard. <clears throat> and he was with another baton trooper, which is a regular baton trooper. So I'm like, okay. And the problem is, I can parry parry them both, but. When I parried one, the other one was already coming in. Mm-hmm. So I had to try to separate them. So I, I had force push. I got a force push. So I'd charge it up and just knock them back into a wall, and I start fighting the other one. They did kill me about twice. Because even though I force push, and they recovered pretty fast. I'm like, okay. Especially I, the, the, the um, dude in black, the, yeah. It's Inquisitor Trooper. I'm a, Inquisitor Trooper, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, they don't respond well to force stuff. And sometimes they get even more mad when you do it on them. So it's just you got to be careful. How dare you touch me with your filthy force? <laughs> Pretty much, maybe. So that black won't work, Jedi. <laughs> like, so last time I made it back around, I came back down. I'm like, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. I push the regular trooper off the edge with a force push. Um, the Inquisitor trooper parried his stuff and then hit with a downward strike. Mm-hmm. Like hit him with that twice, and he was dead. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. That downward strike is like, I guess they can't block it. Mm-hmm. And it does a good amount of damage to them. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to use that more often. So, you so just a good, it. exactly. It's, <laughs> it's a, a good wind up, though. It is. So you got like, you got to anticipate the spacing and everything. So you're like, okay. I did. <clears throat> it's a good game. I mean, I love the some some questions about some visuals, like some characters, how some other characters look. I don't really care for, mm-hmm. but the way the world looks, the way they incorporate lore from. Um, Wars. From Clone Wars, from different things, like, oh, I know about that. So I should I watch that, that show first, like before I actually jump into that game? Like you can watch you it in conjunction. It? You can watch, oh, it watch them like while playing it. You're thinking I started, I started it over. I started Clone Wars over again, and I've been watching it. And I just passed the part where they talk about some sisters that I'm not going to name, so I don't spoil yeah. it for you. Hmm. But and then I went and played the game. Like, oh, they just talked about that. But even if you get it vice versa, you hear it in the game and then you see it in the in the show, they don't take away from each other because okay. it doesn't yeah, give you a full really on not. yeah doesn't give you a full on description. If you right. see it in the game and you're like, oh, that's okay. So you they're see more complementary to one another's uh, lore. Then. Exactly. Gotcha. They give you two different feelings. If you see it in the game first and then you watch it in the show, you're like, oh, so that's what they are. But if you see it in the show first, you see it in the game, like, oh, that's pretty like, cool. They talk about that. That's what they become. Yes. In the okay, game. Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Crap, yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. Um, besides that, I finished the last battle for Pokemon to finish the the base game. Hey. Oh, really? 
wow, I'm yes. just now approaching like the first gym. <laughs> what? I yeah, I've been taking my time with that game. <laughs> oh man, it's like I'm not going to spoil anything, but like I beat it, and then there, they do have a pretty good end game. I didn't get into that yet, but they have one last quest. Well, obviously, you can try to catch the legendaries that for the game or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much it. I mean, since we're going into Pokemon, you might as well pick it up and go into uh, your yeah. experience. <clears throat> Um, okay. So yeah, I I haven't actually played a ton more Pokemon. Well, sort of, I kind of did. I did play a lot of Pokemon, especially over the the long weekend because I had my Switch with me. One thing is I have Joy-Con drift. Like my left Joy-Con is kind of busted. <laughs> like it's to the point where it's forcing me to run to the right, and it's so bad that if I try to run to the left, it acts as if I'm like just very Going slightly straight? moving it. Oh no! So like <laughs> I like move super slow. You know, like you're Jeff. You know how like. Pokemon that are like kind of strong will chase you. <laughs> like, there's no way to get away from them <laughs> when you like you like tiptoe and they come full speed after you. So like that was it was like it was, they were like bodying my team and stuff. So I had to basically your... stop using that and that's just like, use my. Pokemon. That's like a card. I, that's like a card I can only turn right. You got to make all right. Turns. Right. <laughs> it was like your your trainer is Zoolander. I <laughs> <laughs> should be can't turn left. <laughs> Actually, like a whole meme, him trying to run away from like uh, a beware and just getting getting uppercutted because he can't run. Oh, boy, <laughs> yeah, so I, I had to give up on using it in handheld mode, and like I've just propped it up on the stand I got and using my pro controller. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna do because I, I kind of don't. Oh, they fix that for free? Away. I mean, they do, but then I gotta. I'm just not Take gonna have time. Joy Cons. But whatever, I guess that's probably what I'll have to do. But anyway, <laughs> um. I saw that I was basically getting to that first gym against uh, Milo, the grass trainer, or whatever. And I went, like, okay, a couple of my Pokemon, like uh, my starter, for example, have made it to, like, their second evolution. But I kind of wanted everyone to be on their second evolution. So I went back and just kept kind of grinding. <laughs> so I was I was trying to build up my uh, Nicket, which became, a, what, like a Thievius or something. And yeah, I really I like know. how that, that little... Fox evolved into because he has like a little bandito Most- mustache, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then he has like a little mask over his face, but that's like his fur color. Like, I really like that Fox. And he, I like, he's pretty strong now. Now, he's not like my strongest Pokemon, but I just really mm-hmm. like using him. Like, he, he kind of comes in clutch with his particular moveset. Like, I won't go into it because I feel like it's a strategy that I can eventually use on somebody. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. It's funny because I saw you streaming it the other day. Right. And I was like, man, he's pushing Nick to the limit. Like, <laughs> right. Like, that Pokemon is not strong, but I was making him I was making him put in work. Yeah. I was like, dang, he's, he likes this one. And every psychic Pokeball you came across was Oh, my back. God. Confusion is so strong in that game. Like confusion my god, especially against dark though. Confusion is psycho slash. Yeah, I haven't come across anything that does psycho slash, but I did catch it's like the first. A, ghost it's like type. a psychic cutting move. That, like you Oof. see these little blades come out at you, but yeah, confusion is. But yeah, like you said, especially against dark. Yeah, so, so I'm gonna yeah. try to get me some Pokemon that can use that because it seems to be really, really powerful. And yeah, weirdly enough, a lot of my Pokemon are dark. I don't know if that's a that's shield what I thing or if that yeah. is a Galar region <laughs> thing. Is that a lot of the Pokemon are like something and dark? Yeah, mm-hmm. you sh- you can pick up that rapid dash because that's uh, I mean the Polita that's um oh yeah I haven't come across sh- that yet shield uh shield specific. specific yeah the little rainbow unicorn Ponyta <laughs> and that's that's a psychic Pokemon oh cool I didn't know that yeah I definitely want to catch that eventually 
But um, yeah, I'm still having fun with it. I was just doing a bunch of grinding, kind of not following the story all the way straight through. So maybe I'll be a little overpowered by the time the game ends if I keep this rate. But it'll probably take me a while to actually finish the game. Well, so. we'll see if you are. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll stream a Pokemon battle. Yeah, <laughs> that's the battle. But yeah, other than put my spin my hat around. <laughs> other than Pokemon, um, uh, just yesterday or two days ago, uh, my latest review came out for a game called Sniper Ghost Warrior Contracts. Very no, ridiculous I name. <laughs> I Absolutely saw ridiculous. that. Mm-hmm. But um, I actually like the game a lot. If you've heard of the Sniper series you'd be forgiven for being confused with the Sniper Elite series because they're both extremely similar. They're two different games by like two completely different companies. I tried to find out if there was some kind of lineage, like one split off from the other, like, you know, so many companies do back in the day, like Rock Band and uh, Guitar Hero, for example. Guitar Hero. But it just seems yeah. it's just two different companies that just made Sniper-specific games. One, the Sniper Elite series is like third person, but then you go in first person when you snipe, and then the Sniper colon whatever games are first person so i'm doing the sniper colon whatever thing and apparently the last couple of games were open world and this one takes a ton of inspiration from the hitman series so it's not one Mm -hmm. big open world game it's like a bunch of separate big maps missions Yeah. yeah and so you'll be dropped in a map and you have all sorts of gadgets and tools and stuff like you have like special bullets like emp bullets uh DARPA bullets that like don't react to the wind and stuff. Yeah, um, you have gadgets like um, auto snipers that you can place in certain locations, and then you go elsewhere and they like have it mark targets and like snipe people for you to like coordinate shots. Like it was actually really really fun to like play around that sandbox. It reminded me a lot of Far Cry, like how you would like mess with like the enemy outposts, and like there were like multiple angles you could like attack it from, and a little bit of, like, Metal Gear Solid, because it's primarily a stealth game. Like, you don't go in there guns blazing. Like, if enemies see you, like, they surround you, they'll kill you pretty and quick. And it's done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But they are very generous when it comes to you keeping a distance, because, one, your sniper is crazy quiet, so, like, even even when you're, like, closer than you think you should be, you'll be able to snipe someone, and they won't know where the shot came from. And, <laughs> and enemies who are, like, maybe 20 feet away from each other... For whatever reason, they don't like to cross one another's like vision cones. So if you snipe somebody who's just in a corner in front of a door, it's rare that another soldier is going to just walk in front of them and be alerted because his body's dead. So like you can pick off most of a camp before having to go in and finish off everybody else and stuff. So it's satisfying in that way. Like you don't feel hamstrung by you know picking one dude to snipe and then everything goes crazy. Yeah. So the story was basically dumb it's it's like a bad tom clancy like think of the division where like stuff is happening but like you don't care oh wow i mean that's kind of what the division was but yeah it's like okay they're telling me about things and this sounds pretty serious but yeah i don't care but um yeah so i was pretty pretty positive on it um the levels the levels have a lot of replay value because as you're completing challenges like you're getting money because you're like a mercenary it's contract killing or whatever mm-hmm. you're getting money you can buy more stuff like new guns new gadgets or whatever and then go back in and it like do like harder challenges in those same levels and like you're more familiar with the level you're like oh before when i shot this guy i didn't know that there was a pathway up to this water tower or something so like you can look down or whatever so it's it gives you avenues to kind of keep coming back and i i really enjoyed it and after the last game i reviewed that stinker of rune 2 like 
<laughs> I yeah. was kind of happy to play something that was actually fun the whole time. So that's okay. pretty much it for me. Uh, that's what's up. Blue, what did you get into? So um, it's kind of funny right now in our gaming lives. Um, Jeff and I are kind of switching places where he just started. Um, he just started Star Wars oh. Jedi Fallen Order and he finished the base story of Pokemon. I'm picking up Pokemon tomorrow, and yesterday I just finished um, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. That's funny. Yo, the ending is so satisfying. Really now? It is so satisfying. And I'm not just saying that. I'm saying that as a Star Wars fan for sure, right? Right. But I feel like looking at the story subjectively, or I should say objectively, everything makes sense, and there's lots of room to... For DLC. I'm waiting for the next expansion. Like, let's have more of this story. And there's a lot of people saying, like, we want more. It wrapped up so nice. So, I mean, would What's you up? be able to answer this without spoiling anything? Like, do you okay. Do you see the main character getting more story and missions? Or is it open enough where new people could be involved in it? And if it's a spoiler to say one or the other, then you don't have to answer that. <laughs> um, I, I, I actually would say yes to both. I could see some solo adventures from some of the characters that um, you see at the end of the story. And the main character, I'd like to see him push more. So, okay. um, yeah, because he, he's got a really cool goal by the end of it. And it's, um, yeah, I'm trying not to spoil a whole bunch, but it, it's great. <laughs> Just tell him. It's he's great. trying to open up a Jedi-themed <laughs> ramen shop. Exactly. Ah, shoot. <laughs> Why did you tell him, bro? Yeah. You know is there ramen in Star Wars <laughs> There probably is. I'm sure there's like orange. It's probably like blue. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, so I'm really excited for Pokemon. You guys have been talking about it for a while. What um, uh, what version are you getting? So I've been dealing with this, right? So, Jeff, you got Sword, right? Sigma mm-hmm. got Shield. Yep. And I was like. If I had gotten this before one of y'all, it would be an easy choice. <laughs> but um, I think I'm going to go Shield. I love tanking in general. That's cool, because um, I can trade with you two and get things I don't have, so that works there out. We go. There we go. Um, I feel like most people who got it went the sword route, though. Yeah? Which is which is so, partly why I went Shield. Because a lot of people, like everybody I was seeing who bought it online were all posting pictures of Shield, Shield, I'm not Shield, of Sword, 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 Sword. sword. Mm-hmm. I'm like, did anybody buy Shield? <laughs> That's good. I was going to get Shield, and I was looking at a comparison of what Pokemon were on each, mm-hmm. and just so happened it had the ones that I was that I wanted. Ah. So I was like, okay, I like if somebody actually gets Shield, then it'll be easier. You know, we can kind of switch. You know, tra- I mean, trade Pokemon. You know, if if you bring something good to the table, for sure. You know what I'm saying? But I got, right now, I got, I got nothing supply, but good. Supply I mean, is low. To you. Supply is low and demand is high. You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> Um, I've been playing Hearthstone this week. Jeff and I played a lot of matches. Um, He finally got the hang of his deck by the end of the week. (laughs) (laughs) I had to make some new cards. My cards were... What happens, I played a long time ago, and so they... My cards were no longer standard. They were kind of... uh, They call them wild. Yeah, and Magic call them modern or whatever. Um, So they weren't using standard. So my deck was very limited to the random hodgepodge and stuff that they mixed into it. Mm. So I was like, you're, you're actually able to destroy cards or take their essence, whatever you want to call it, and then you're able to craft other cards you don't own that are in that deck 
by okay. paying the essence to craft them. So that's a cool thing. So my deck is built around stalling people, kind of disabling them, but I'm able to summon. The good thing about that game is you're able to summon creatures you don't necessarily own. So it'll allow you to pull a random mage from the database of mage cards. Cards. Um, cards so you don't nine. actually have to own. Yeah, you don't have to actually <laughs> own that card. You can pull it from the database. It'll pull you a random card from mm-hmm. out of all the mage cards in Hearthstone. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we played a lot of that this week. I need to get back on. Um, I need to update my deck because now Jeff's stuff is updated. So you know, I mm-hmm. gotta keep up with the Joneses. Uh, but unfortunately, I don't have too much new this week. You know, it's just those. I had a pretty rough week. Um, and, you know, it's just one of those things you just got to keep pushing. That's part of gaming, perseverance, you know what I mean? Um, and patience and all that fun stuff. So, that's me this week. That's all what right. I've been playing. Well, to keep it on the subject of pushing. Ooh. I'm glad I'll be able to help you out with that. Our next, our first topic, Cyberpunk 2077, (laughs) is set to feature fully motion captured sex scenes. Yeah. Show them what it really is about. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So, how do you guys feel about, because to be honest, I don't think this has ever been a thing before. Like, you remember there was a big controversy with Mass Effect for having. On what TV, they, what they, they called like... interactive sex scenes, but that wasn't the case. It was just a cutscene. It was very short. It was tasteful, but it was it was like kind of just shots of like a butt here, like people mm-hmm. embracing there. GTA got in trouble for the hot coffee mod, which was supposed to be an interactive <laughs> sex scene that they pulled from the <laughs> but game, but then hackers kind of put back down. Yeah. Right. But this is well, The Witcher also kind of gets raunchy, right? But I don't. But I don't think any of that is motion captured. Like no. it's just animators, you know, basically animating <laughs> dolls. <guessing>. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. but this is these are actors, you know, pretending to have sex, and then those characters in this game are going to be actually having sex. But who knows how it's shot? You know, is it going to look like straight up porn, or is it going to look like every other Game of Thrones episode, which actually looks like straight up porn? Now I think about it. Yeah, yeah, I was like, that's <laughs> almost the same thing. <laughs> So like, what, what's your, um, what do you guys take on this method of doing a sex scene in a game? Like, it's new, it's exciting, but how do they get rated M. <laughs> Yeah, that's what M, pushes right? up the, yeah. Um, for me, it doesn't add or take away from the game, whether it was in there or it's not in there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's always just one of those things that, let's just be honest, I play Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. I was never going around picking up hookers and robbing them. Some people did that in video. <laughs> right, go, yeah. Do some crazy shit. Take a hooker in the cab, take it to the top of a mountain, and then drive the car off. Like, shit like that. Like, yeah. you get people who just do crazy stuff like that. But mm-hmm. for me, like, that being to the game doesn't add anything, an extra layer to it for me. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, most games, they'll allude to it. They'll hint at it, or they'll they'll show parts or glimpses but never like you actually control it to me that's like for me it's like a needless mini game speaking of that that's what god of war did remember yeah it was like a, in the room I, with the two girls yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> but i mean they didn't show anything but they had you kind of pre- like do a 
quick time event where you were having sex with like a bunch of women. <laughs> I mean, and they've done that in multiple games. You know what I mean? They they had whole games based around sex. I uh, one of the biggest examples I remember back in the day, Leisure Suit Larry. Larry, yep. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, to but, be uh, fair, that's more of, like, a story. Like, it was kind of a comedic story-driven thing. True. That was around, based around. So, at, at least it served a bit of a purpose. It was right, kind of like a right. raunchy comedy. I think with Cyberpunk 2077, it's in the it's in the spirit of immersion. Mm-hmm. I really do believe it. And, and you know, lots of people are going to be... Um, I don't know. People are going to enjoy it. And that's what they're supposed to do. So I don't see anything wrong with it. It's rated M. If you're under 18, you shouldn't be playing this game. Correct. That's that's. So I don't want to hear any parents saying, oh, this game is too blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that, that You bought it for go. them. You know, and you know it's going to come up. It's going to be so stupid. So I can't wait till we get back on this podcast and be like, oh, those parents are stupid again. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like... It is. If you go to a pornography website and it says you have to be eighteen and up, you have to be eighteen and up to see this stuff. Yeah, don't don't get. That's what's going on. Mad with at the creators for creating a thing for a certain demographic, and then the demographic who it's not for are, you know, you know most saying? game stores do adhere to that law that you have to be in an adult to mm-hmm. buy an M-rated game. Like I've had to show ID back in the day to buy certain games so these kids aren't just getting these games without the parent just buying it's just the parents aren't they're not paying attention and then they they go back and blame somebody else and they might argue oh they're just buying it online and they you know even online it says you got to be 18 and up so if your kid is lying yeah and how's your kid like if your kid is under 18 how are they buying anything online did you give them a credit card did you give them a debit card you can have a debit card when you're when you're under eighteen. You know, no when I was, I mean, I had a job when I was fifteen. You know oh. what I'm saying? Now, where, are you, where are you working? I was working at a public pool. This is a nice little side story. Um, was this in Kingston? <laughs> no, this was in Reseda in Southern California. Mm-hmm. This oh, is not nice. in Jamaica. Yeah, no, not <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> it was a pool, a public pool. <laughs> um, it was nice people, but you know, I made my money. And I spent it on video games when I wanted to, but I never, you know, bought something that was above my age limit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and very rarely, very rarely, my mom would say, okay, you guys could do this, but while I'm in the room or something like that, you know? But mm. So if people are mad about this, it sucks to be you. Uh, that's how I feel. Uh, but I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to add to the game. It's going to add to the immersion. This game is supposed to be pretty crazy on the on the player i'm hearing like a lot of you got to decide how much humanity you want left when you're augmenting yourself and stuff like that so it's yeah i'm excited to see where it goes um i don't have a problem so aside from the potential controversy of just saying that we're gonna do a fully motion captured sex scene in the game yeah uh i i'm kind of of the the mindset that most sex scenes in general are kind of wholly unnecessary. Okay. I, I find it rare that a sex scene in like a movie, a TV show or a game adds anything of value. Like you, like remember blue, you talked about implied action in anime before. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like that actually works in a story when you imply sex. Because you, you don't lose the time of the movie. You don't slow down the pace by just showing two people in love or having sex. Like, Because to me, like watching the physical connection for an extended period of time, like it doesn't do anything. Like Whatever their chemistry is before that is what, what gives me the sense that these characters are in love with each other. You know what I mean? I feel like someone could argue the same about a fight scene. Like, this fight scene's going on too long. I don't need to see the hate between them. They could just imply it, and one guy comes out with a bloody nose. Well, that's that's fair. But in a fight, you're also you're also viewing their skill. Cause like you're... In sex, you're also viewing their skill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, if the dude is awkward, it's going to add but, to but the... Then, okay, so in, a, in an instance like that, that serves a purpose. You're telling a story as part of the sex scene by showing them be awkward in bed. You know what I mean? Like, that's fine. But I'm talking about yeah. where it's like, okay, they're in love. Now let's just show them having sex. Yeah, it's like you're showing you're showing that connection, that deep physical connection. But you can, you know, but at the it, same time, it, you could just fast forward to the morning after where they're having a because they'll do it anyway. Like they'll show them how the sex okay. scene, and then they'll show them laying in bed together talking and stuff. You know what I mean? So you would okay. still get this same exact effect if you just skipped the part where they're showing a dude move up and down on top of a girl or vice versa. You know what I mean? I'll bring you back to the fight scene then. Mm-hmm. All right. So if someone's skilled at a fight scene. Or they do average, you know. Why do we show the whole thing? It is the same thing with the sex scene. If they're doing average, or they're skilled, or they're suck, whatever, they're showing the whole thing, right? Then there's always going to be a talk after a fight, whether someone's dead or not. They show that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think it serves. It serves for immersion. It serves to show the details of that relationship. I mean, I guess if that's what you're invested in, like the relationship yeah. portion, yeah. then I guess that's that scene, I guess, serves as what, like the payoff? Yeah. Because to me, to me, I just find the... Or it could be betrayal, depending on what's going on, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just find, I find like the dialogue portion or like their chemistry before that so much more interesting than watching movie sex. I feel that's, you. That's I just me. You. Yeah, Jaffel. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyhow, um, anything else on the cyberpunk stuff or? Um, uh, I I want to play this game. Like I'm yeah. getting more and more interested in it, and not just because of this um, recent article, but just seeing some Ooh. little reviews here and there. And these, uh, oh, this this article definitely helped. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I've just been seeing you know little news leaking out about the gameplay and story and what you. I can like do. the customization. Looks really. Mm-hmm. And you know that's one of my biggest things. I love putting myself into a game. That's you know that immersion kind of deal. So um, I'm excited to, to play this game when it comes out. Hopefully uh, we'll get it right away and be able to stream it and share it with our viewers. True. Yeah. So we're going to move on to possible, well, not spoilers because this game hasn't actually even been announced. But apparently <laughs> there have been some Fable 4 concept art that may have leaked online. Like it was immediately pulled mm-hmm. from where it was posted like mere hours after this thing went live, but of course the internet, nothing <laughs> disappears on the internet. Folks caught it. Oh and, yeah. And uh, I don't know if you guys have taken a look at it, but um, it's it appears to be like this kind of a uh, piratey Assassin's Creed looking woman, and she 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 looks very much. It looks like an Assassin's Creed character, to be honest. 
Yeah. No, you're right. But it's like the first thing we've seen of anything Fable related. And if you remember, the art in Fable is kind of a little cartoony, like slightly like, cartoony. Um, World of Warcraft. Yeah. The, this art doesn't give me that feeling, like which gives me hope that Pause. maybe they're going for a yeah. new look for like a new yeah. Fable, which I'd be okay yeah. with because I, I never really liked that kind of whimsical look of the old ones. Like, what do you guys think about uh, what leaked out? The new um, look is close to Breath of the Wild, in my opinion. Close. It's not as cel-shaded, but it's close to it. And um, I like it. Um, I want to... Man, I I feel like I say this a lot. I want to see where this goes, right? <laughs> but <laughs> uh, Fable is, you know, one of my favorite series. Uh, I hated the third one, like most people it did. Was, but I still bad. played through it. Disappointing. it. Still played through it. Uh, but you know, the big moral choice—the good or bad or in between—is always fun. Um, Jeff, what were you gonna say? I'm sorry. Oh no, you're good. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So this this Fable Four, I, I'd love to see it. I was just talking to um my girl about uh, we we're going through Game Pass and we saw all three Fables on there, and she's like, "Yeah, I think I'm gonna play them again. Maybe not the third one, but the first one is like." <laughs> I mean, you could you could play like the third one up to like that desert section, and then maybe just stop. Just stop after that. <laughs> yeah, that but yeah, huge disappointment. Four would be great. Everyone, I know a lot of people that's been waiting on four. Yeah, I mean, I love Fable from the first one. The first one was amazing. Yeah. Second one, I played over and over again. I don't know how many times I've gone back and played it. Like just like two years ago, I went back and played it again. Um, third one was rough. I mean, it had some good points. I did like the choices you make. Um, it was more action based. Like yeah, when you and become I mean, it, the king, right? Yeah, when you have to decide what promises you keep. But for me, it was kind of anticlimactic right. because I kept all my promises. But then there was like, oh well. If you go and find this diamond, it'll help replenish everything you just spent. So there was an answer to it. So I went and found a diamond and I replenished the the stocks while the gold we spent keeping all the promises we made. And then mm. you would think that people would understand, hey, we got a war coming. I made these promises. And as soon as this war is over, I'm going to keep up those promises. You know, otherwise I can keep these promises and all you guys are dead. <laughs> so but yeah. things were hit or miss like the mixing of the magic i think that was a miss that they really didn't work on too well um yeah. the way the weapons were supposed to evolve from the way you used them or whatever yeah that was very that was a dropped ball on that i mean i would love to see a fable 4 um this you, game has been what do you think fable 4 should do to basically kind of fix most of those problems. This should be a reboot. I think this should be something that starts over. Okay. I mean, did the other story, games like continue or was, were they like the, different characters? I they forget. were different characters, but like, it always for felt example, like it continued though. The lady Teresa was the sister in the first one. You're right. Yeah. So she, she was like the ongoing character. You know, that was Yeah, like, exactly. Hmm. That was, you know, came back from each one. Um, but I wouldn't mind seeing a new art style, something open world. I want to see open world. I don't want to see. Yeah, because they were like sectioned off before, right? Like you're like being yeah. a big space and then you have to go and travel and then it's a loading screen. Yeah, mm-hmm. they probably have the capacity at this point to make it like just one big landmass. One of the things I loved about um, one of my favorite video games, Saints Row 2, is that it was open world and you could take over territories by doing specific missions and those territories help generate income, you generate followers, blah, blah, blah. 
if they did something like that with Fable, I think that would be amazing. I would love to see a some of the stuff they did was good. I would love to see you know some more customization. Of course. I'd love to see more of an effect of the deeds you make kind of determines how your character looks change. That mm-hmm. was a good thing in the game where if you're yeah. good, if you're bad. You had all the butterflies. You was yes. going. Yeah, um, that was cool, man. <laughs> Also, um, I want to see more NPCs. I mean, there weren't a lot of NPCs in Fable. I want to see more NPCs. I want to see more uh, of a multiplayer aspect to it, too. Um, they yeah, tried in the yeah, third one. Yeah, they did like a weird co-op yeah, thing before, right? You could play as a, a random thug. Like, you played. I mean, you had your abilities, but in that person's world, you weren't your character. You were yeah. another, just mm-hmm. a thug or some shit like that. Or something but, like that. Excuse me. But you, so if you, if your character was in someone else's world, they saw you as a thug, but you saw yourself as you. You. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they looked like a thug. It was, it was, it was not cool. <laughs> it's like, oh, look at all this armor I did. Uh, nope. Not really. You just look like a <laughs> random dude. Because <laughs> if you don't remember, they were working on Fable Heroes, where you yes. a five-person game. Four mm-hmm. people were the good guys the or rent, whatever heroes they picked. like a dungeon master. Exactly, and kind of put pitfalls and bosses and traps in your yeah, that way. Was, that was so, like an early announcement, and then that basically got scrapped. That, yeah. It would have been cool, man. I but, don't know, because um, Evolve was sort of like that, like the asymmetrical multiplayer, where it's like there's a team on this side and then another person on that side, and that pretty much feel like that didn't become a thing that people liked until like the Dead by Daylight type games, which was like years and years into the generation. So I True. I don't think Fable would have <laughs> would have kind of changed that early on. But I think like being more of a dungeon master, so trying to drive a story versus trying to be the main antagonist and kill everybody, they're a little different. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um but I don't know if uh if that's exactly the path that Fable Heroes was trying to go down. Um you well, know, I, I I'd, I'd like to make a game that's challenging for my friends but i don't want to destroy all their characters i do um in evolve and dead by daylight you trying to kill everybody so i i do feel the or even uh hello neighbor that we've been playing too mm. you know secret, uh, neighbor. Uh, se- secret neighbor yeah secret yeah. creepy neighbor creepy neighbor clown neighbor. <laughs> but um table four if they do make an L, i'd be excited to play it yeah. and hopefully you know there's not as much controversy behind it of what the game is going to be able to do versus what the game will actually be yeah, able to do. Because so. wouldn't be behind it at this point. Yeah. And it's known to just kind of make outlandish promises that don't come to fruition. <laughs> Every game comes with a golden goose who can poop golden eggs. <laughs> like, <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> it's like, well, okay. What um... I do want to say, yeah. Do you think that because I would like a like a more robust multiplayer aspect, even if it's you know a kind of a single player based RPG? Do you think that mm-hmm. would kind of hurt Fable, which is traditionally kind of a single player game? Like if you were able to say play through the whole story with like a co op partner or like multiple people in an open world or something? No, for me it would have to be you know it would be amazing, and this is just this is just. Outlandish. Outlandish. A fable MMO. 
I was thinking the same exact thing. That, I, like, I kind of wouldn't want to play that, to be honest. <laughs> I understand. I understand. KC doesn't I like it. That's not I true. Would. That's not true at all. Like, I, name, I would like name him. One. Name oh. one. Name one. What do you mean, name, name one? one. Uh, name one that well, you I guess like. Panty Star wouldn't count as an MMO, I guess, right? How long ago was that? How long ago was that? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter if they yeah. if they made a Pokemon MMO, I'd be there day one. If they made a Monster yeah. Hunter World MMO, I'd be there day one. Like it depends kind of on the setting. I'm not a fan of the fantasy setting. Like there are certain fantasy things that I will see past the setting and get into. For example, like the Dragon Prince on Netflix. Watch that show. It's fantasy. It's elves. It's magic. But it's freaking amazing. It's a great story. Like I'm sucked all the way. My eyes hurt when I watch that. <laughs> it's not. It doesn't look that bad. You get used to it after. A while. It's, uh, 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 you know what I'm saying? They to be, look to like, be uh, honest, it, it, it gets better in season two. So like it, it is a little rougher it. season one. That animation looks better season two onward. But the story is it. dope. Did I see MMO you're, MMO you're going with, Dragon Prince? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I would play Dragon Prince MMO. But, um, oh, gotcha. my gosh. But, but um, yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's just not my thing, the fantasy setting. But yeah. but I get you. Multiplayer would add a more layers to the game. Even if they did it kind of a, a, the way Borderlands does their multiplayer, where you could go to mm-hmm. the story together, you can pop it and out together. Yeah, stuff yeah like I think that. That, yeah. that would be cool. That kind of, uh, yeah, I would like that. But um, we're gonna move on from Fable. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about more future things. Xbox Scarlet, the code name for the next Xbox console. Um, apparently, Phil Spencer, the head of Xbox, stated that they're not going to be focusing on VR, mainly because nobody's asking for it. How do you guys and feel about what, this statement? We just talked about this when we were talking about the new Half Life coming out, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we were saying that you know maybe the new consoles. Are, for me, I don't really care much about vr maybe because i haven't gotten into it i haven't tried it but i mean we've tried it at the cafe at the uh oh the meetup the meetup yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. in dc now if i played something that was an amazing game and, and it was immersive or whatever it is great but when i turn on my xbox i don't want to put on a headset yeah or i don't think about playing vr i haven't you know like oh you know i'm gonna go home and play some vr or i need to get a vr system for me those are the, the feelings that tell me that's something i'm gonna be interested in right um up until I get the experience that's going to change my mind. So for me, it not having it doesn't really uh, affect anything for me. Okay, so until they right get that dive gear and we all start out online, <laughs> <laughs> yo, day one, baby, you and me, Ooh, Jeff, let's go. Going in, laughing, coughing. So, Boo, do you do you agree that you're not really asking for VR at this point? Uh, yeah, no, unfortunately, I want to. That's it, it's the weirdest thing. I want v good VR games. But I'm not willing to try the stuff right now, right? Because it's it's too much, it's too much of an investment, and it hasn't paid off for anybody, in my opinion, yet. So I'm gonna wait till you know, I'm gonna wait till we continue this technological advancement that we're on, and uh, we get maybe another sense. Honestly, so we got you got um, sound and hearing. That sounded hearing, duh. Sound and um, <laughs> sight. <laughs> Sound and sight, right? Uh-huh. Those, those are two, those are two uh, senses that are stimulated. And you can even say touch, right, with the rumble in the controller. Mm-hmm. If we get one more sense, and I'm not saying I want to smell a bit now. I don't necessarily want to taste nothing, but if we get more hepatic feedback, I think that's the word, 
um, more touch, or even, honestly, even smells, then you're talking about immersion. And uh, the reason why I say that, right? Um, uh, you guys know I was in the Navy. Um, I did deployment back in 2015, and I went overseas. Um, one of the places we stopped in is Singapore, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I always say you can Google Singapore and you can watch videos and you can know everything about it, but you'll never really experience it till you smell that place. And I'm not saying it's a bad smell. Okay. I'm saying that it's different, right? <laughs> okay. It's and it's pungent and it's it really shapes that area. And so it's like burned so, into your brain the smell of Singapore. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. And that's, you know, that's another thing about experiencing a new place. So even smell would be an upgrade for VR. What about you get I'm hit? Not that thing. You get electrocuted. You get a little that's shot. Scary. No, that's yeah. scary. Yeah. That's <laughs> you know the boom. my one friend with the heart problem. No, no, we're gonna have them so. death battles. Let's go. Death battles. <laughs> <laughs> you die in the game, you die in real life. Heck no. <laughs> <laughs> Get a you know little shot. Yeah, I'd be way too nervous. <laughs> they they have those kind of things where it's like a, a vest or something, and it's like it's feedback in the vest, like rumbles or like I've seen those. Yeah, but I, I, I don't like, know how useful that is. No, you gotta have electric current. <laughs> you try to kill people. <laughs> Not in high voltage. You have you have to Just do very it low in your bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff trying to kill us, yo. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Play a swimming game. It's your VR. <laughs> the bathroom, <is> like, <gasps> two more laps. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, honestly, I, I have to agree with Phil Spencer is that, yeah, it doesn't seem like it's, it's like a wanted thing, especially not in the Xbox community. Like, I can't, yeah. I can't think offhand of anybody who's like really clamoring for xbox to jump into this field like maybe earlier on like when vr was kind of more new like well this new kind of vr with like the the vive coming out and oculus coming out and stuff Mm -hmm. um playstation was announcing that they were getting into vr you kind of wanted xbox to also do it because you want to push the technology you want it to get better and stuff and xbox kind of took a back seat they didn't feel like it was necessary and Honestly, it was probably better for them to not focus on that because they were kind of in third, last place and not doing well in terms of sales and blah, blah, blah. In comparison to the other companies, PlayStation kind of had the wiggle room to do more experimentation. And they had some cool experiences on their VR device, apparently. Um, Like Tetris Effect uh, apparently was a really, really cool way to play Tetris. Like it was nominated for some people's game of the year, even like a new Tetris game because of the VR aspect. Um, Wow. Uh, that game Astrobot apparently was doing like some really cool platforming type stuff in the VR world. Okay. So, like those are experiences that I do want to try, but yeah, I'm kind of not in the market to spend that money on it just yet. Like, with, and that's like, what I was thinking yeah. about. Like that vest that you're talking about, I'm not spending eighty dollars to put on the equivalent of a bulletproof vest to play a video game right. to get hit with. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, it's not enough, you know? It's not. So maybe, like Jeff was saying, with Half-Life Alec coming out, like, you, you can't even use, like, the regular VR setup for that. You need to use the Index, which are, I think, the, like, the finger-reading gloves, mm-hmm. you know? Or I don't know, I don't, I don't know what that controller is. It's, like, a weird contraption that goes over your hands. Power glove. <laughs> yeah. And 
if apparently the indexes are selling out now. That game was announced. People was like, oh, I'm excited. I want to try it now. So maybe that will push it forward. Like if it becomes such a big thing, there's plenty of time for Xbox to get into it later. If it becomes a thing that the fan base really wants, you know, and do it right. Right. Yeah. Because PlayStation VR, it was kind of an experiment. Like people liked it. I think it sold fairly okay. Yeah. There were a lot of problems with it. Like the the cabling I hear was an issue. They eventually did like a newer version that kind of got rid of some of that. But um, it's not super powerful either. Like in comparison to all the other ones, the ones that connect to your PC, the PlayStation VR is like a very weak version of VR. So it can't even run some of the other games that kind of have come out for the Vive or the Oculus. Yeah. So I'm... I want to see VR get better. Like, I do think it is a future technology to be used for video games as much as well as all sorts of stuff, like kind of just productivity in general. I think we're going to see a lot of applications come out in VR. But you know what? It's fine if Xbox lets other companies kind of do that work and then they just jump on the bandwagon after the fact. Like, as long as somebody's doing it, you know what I mean? Like, Valve is pushing it with the Vive, so I do think that it's not going anywhere anytime soon so that's all that matters to me i'll tell you so that's gonna do it for the vr talk Mm -hmm. and our last topic for this uh show we're gonna talk about the game awards the video game awards nominees so they've just been announced they're all up on the website there are a lot of nominees in a bunch of categories i'm gonna ignore (laughs) forgive me all of the esports stuff because there's like five or six different categories just dedicated to esports coach, esports player, esports this, that, and the third. Not yeah. all that interested in that. But we are going to talk about some of the main uh, games that are getting some some uh, award nods. Let's can I, do can I say something about esports start real quick? Way. Yeah, go ahead. Real quick, uh, one of the things they had was esports event of the year, uh-huh. and Evo twenty nineteen was on there. And I have to give a shout out to was uh, Sonic Fox. Sonic Fox. Sonic oh, yeah, Fox, because he made like that event live. So hopefully that one wins. But um, all right, that's all I got to say about esports. That's my dude. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're gonna um go. We're going to go down, if you guys are looking at the website, okay, to audio design, and then go upwards. I see what you're saying. It's okay, like cool, cool, five cool. five or six categories. <clears throat> so I we'll just I'd real quick go through, yeah, like what's been nominated and what you guys think. Of course, we haven't played all of these games, but yeah. we are... I've probably played them all. Sure. Psych. <laughs> so, for audio design, <laughs> recognizing the best in-game audio and sound design. They have Call of Duty Modern Warfare. They have Control, mm-hmm. they have Death Stranding, they have Gears 5, they have Resident Evil 2 Remake, and then they have Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. So, what are your guys' favorites out of this list so far? So Now, go ahead, Jeff, you got it? Uh, so, I'm going to say, uh, for me, it's going to be Sekiro. For audio mm. It's going to be, yep, yeah, it's going to be... Uh, what about the audio kind of stands out to you in Sekiro? Um, for me, it's the, the enemies talking. Um, a lot of the the music that's playing in the areas that you're in actually kind of flows for me. Feels it feels it feels good. Immerses you in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and the combat sounds like the guy with the cannon arm. Like it actually sounds like he's shooting a cannon from his arm. It's not just like 
club. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't my next Foley team, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, there's Gears 5 for me. Um, I think the audio in there is amazing from the Lancer chainsaw to Marcus talking to the locust coming out the ground to the new enemies, the noises that they're make, they're all unique to those particular enemies. And then Call of Duty as well has always had like really good audio from explosions to machine gun fire to pistol fire to uh, the, the, the dialogue and the stories when you're playing through the, the story mode. Mm-hmm. Like, was Captain Pierce was always like just like that guy, like, um, <laughs> like the way he talked, the way he carried his voice, the way yeah. he, uh, the ending of, uh, I think that was, uh, four when he showed up and he hung the guy from the, uh, no, you fell through the roof and you hung the guy or something by a rope or something. And then Pierce showed up and killed him. Wow. Yeah. I don't no, like I, remember this. Yeah, no. <laughs> from the, the glass falling. <laughs> The glass was falling. You actually, yeah. it actually sounded like glass falling. Like you, but I mean, to to be fair, we are talking about this particular call. The latest word, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I was just giving examples. I haven't played right. latest, one. but I was just saying, you know, that Call of Duty has always been, you know, on that level. Yeah. Right. Okay. okay. Now, um, I am not the biggest Call of Duty fan by any means, but mm-hmm. I have watched a couple streams of this latest one, and I must say, the gunfire sounds crazy accurate. Um, and for some reason, that's been a hard thing to do in video games. I don't know the logistics of it, but um, do they I think do they not record like actual guns? It sounds like that's the easy way to do it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, they must do that because I'm pretty sure that's what like yeah, like the auto this, this like car manufacturers, not car manufacturers, like yeah. racing game developers do. Like they get mics like right underneath the exhaust and the engine and, they and all just that stuff. Run them. So they must do the same thing for weapons. I just haven't seen that done. Myself. So I think the thing is, with a lot of guns um, and a lot of fire, it's louder than if you only play video games. It's louder than you expect, right? Um, and I think that's what happened. They just turned it up. <laughs> I think they just turned it up in in um, Call of Duty, and it works. It it's hard for me to watch it as a veteran because it sounds so real. You know, so, I mean, um, and I'll, I'll give props to that. I'll give True. props to that. Uh, for me, uh, out of these, I've only played uh, Sekiro and Gears 5. Mm-hmm. Um, Control is on my computer, but I just not, I haven't started it yet. So, I don't know. Because honestly, I, I don't, like, I'm familiar with the sounds of Gears. Like, mm-hmm. from, for playing the series for so long. But nothing about the Gears 5's uh, audio design in particular kind of stands out to me. So for these other games that are nominated that I know probably paid a lot more attention, like maybe like Death even Stranding. Death Stranding in this instance, because I know Kojima, like he very heavily curates the soundtrack in terms of like songs that play. Um, and, you know, all these performances from all the voice actors and stuff. Like, I don't know. I think that might kind of have the edge here in audio design. And... Again, like Sekiro, like Jeff bringing up like the sound of like the enemies and stuff, that wasn't stuff that stuck with me either in that game. Like I, yeah. I was maybe a bit more immersed with just the feel of the the game mechanics. Mm-hmm. So 
yeah, I really, I really couldn't say. And I haven't played Death Stranding, but to me, that's just that seems like the favorite in my head. Probably between yeah. Death Stranding and Control is my would be my guess to kind of come out on top with that. But uh, okay. art direction. This is an interesting one. <clears throat> yeah, outstanding creative and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation. We have again Control, again Death Stranding. We have <laughs> Greece, which is a indie game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts, which is another indie game that was on Apple Arcade. Um, yeah. Again, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, and then The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, the remake. Mm. Um, I'll, I'll go first for this one. Okay. I have not played Greece because, one, that game reviewed poorly in terms of like actual gameplay. Like It's not a game that has a lot of actual game mechanics in it, but the look of that game is unlike anything. Like You can just Bro. watch a bit of that game, and it looks amazing like just straight up painting you could go ahead and skip me because that's exactly what i was going to say right honestly that game is living art yeah it, it really looks like something else like kind of the the entirety of that game's appeal is kind of his art style hmm. yeah i have to i have to have a look at that you definitely uh, take a look if you haven't like see what it is spelled g-r-i-s but it's pronounced like mm-hmm. grease um i guess so I mean, the one in my opinion i think <laughs> But like you said, Death Stranding has the the advantage in this one. I mean, I haven't played it, but it mm. does look beautiful. Right, It does yeah. look. Graphically, like, uh, yeah. Yeah, it does look like, you know, the characters, the terrain, the, the babies, the little, the little uh, uh, Tamagotchis. They look very, like, detailed. So, <laughs> And then even from the little ghost that they showed. Um, and then I finally saw the trailer where it showed, like, some bad guys. Like the dudes in the military outfits and stuff like that, and that mm-hmm. looked very, very, very well detailed. So I think for me, this is going to have the edge as far as visual. Mm-hmm. And I also want to um, shout out um, Sayonara Wild Hearts. I actually played a little bit of it. I, I don't think I talked about it because I played. I want to say twenty minutes at most. Like okay. it's, it's a rhythm game. It's like very. Um, like, you know how Windows Media Player used to have, like, the equalizer? You play music and it would, like, Heck flash yeah. all the stuff. The visualizations? Stuff. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, like so that. <laughs> but it's also kind of trippy. It's like a like a, a big music video with, like, pop music in the background. I really didn't like it. Like, it felt it felt difficult to control. Um, because, it, and honestly, all the controlling you do is, like, those um, endless runners where, like, or, like, Temple Run, where, you like, you just move the character left and right. That's kind of what you're doing mixed in with, like, um... Rhythm quick time stuff. events yeah like rhythm based okay. quick time events and stuff and it's just kind of showing you a bunch of stuff happening there's like lights flashing there's like the world is spinning the characters are flying around like that stuff is cool and all but the gameplay matched with those visualizations i felt like takes you out of it because like at least me i was playing it on an ipad and it was like my fingers were literally getting in the way of actually looking at what was going on in certain instances and yeah. like you would have to repeat certain instances because like you would fail missions for the game not responding to you moving the characters to the right, you're like crashed to a wall. Like uh, I really didn't like it, but the the look is kind of like a cell shaded ish looking Breath of the Wild, but with like a lower polygon count. Yeah, there's another game um, I used to play back in the day. Uh, it was on the Nintendo DS, and it was one of Elite those Elite Beat Agents. Was... No, I love Elite Beat Agents. <laughs> 
Um, but it's not that. I know mm. this is, uh, Leaping Angels is more detailed than that. But this was one where it wasn't a dating sim necessarily, but it was like a, oh my gosh. It was, I, I'm, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. Y'all keep it going. <laughs> I, trust me, it, it's got a similar art style. It's it's like a minimalistic, um, and oh, it looks almost mocap. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to pull it up and maybe you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but um yeah go ahead what, what's our next subject yeah. we got um advent action adventure game right yeah action adventure so for the best action adventure game combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving they have borderlands 3 control again death stranding again resident evil 2 the legend of zelda Link's awakening and again sekiro shadows die twice i think sekiro might be my favorite for this particular category. And again, I haven't played Control. Control. I haven't played Borderlands 3. <clears throat> I, I hesitate to call Resident Evil 2 an action-adventure game, to be honest. Mm, Isn't that more yeah. of a survival horror? Um, Resident Evil 2, yeah. I mean, survival horror, adventure. It's an adventure going on. There's action. Um, I don't think they're all exclusive. I you know, I mean, I guess since there's no, it doesn't seem like there's like a separate like horror category, right? Yeah, yeah. no, there's not. So I guess that's where you would slot it in if you wanted to give it accolades. But uh, kind of against everything else here, um, well, at least against, to me, against Control from what I've been hearing about it, and then Sekiro, I can't imagine Resident Evil coming out on top. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, my my choice on this one, I've actually heard relatively i say like 60 40 bad reviews for borderlands 3 really um yeah and i've heard uh 99 one bad reviews one what like is that 99 good reviews and one bad oh good okay all right that's good then (laughs) so you know i'm I'm glad we got different circles to kind of pull from um (laughs) you need to check your circle I need to check my circle. I think um, hey, my circle's don't, fine. Don't check anybody's <laughs> circles. Okay? Isn't that kind of uh, y'all nasty? <laughs> um, so, <laughs> when it comes to active adventure, I haven't played uh, Death Stranding, but I heard it's one big delivery mission. Um, yeah. So where's the so, action essentially? <laughs> you know what I mean. And and when I watch these, when I watch these streams and i watch the videos and the gameplay i don't see much action that you're doing i see a lot of getting chased and i see a lot of falling down hills and that's you know that's something but i don't don't know i don't know how much interaction um actually happens in there Sekiro, i have seen i've seen the strategy i've seen the story i've seen seen the bulls with the horns you know what i'm saying i've seen the stress in the players place uh faces I, I give it to Sekiro this time around. <clears throat> I I and personally do think it's, it's yeah. going to be a toss-up between Sekiro and Control. Yeah. I, but I just haven't gotten the chance to play Control yet. I, you know what? I'm going to try to start it. Yeah, start it today. And yeah. then send, right me, send me the file with the video of you playing so I can watch it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the game I was thinking about earlier was called The Rub Rabbits on Nintendo DS. Oh, do you remember I know what that? that is. Yes. Yeah, it's got a similar art style. Now I'm looking back at it; it's not exactly what I thought, but it's it's very close. <laughs> and um, 
Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say about that. The game. rub rabbits. <laughs> yeah, rub just, rabbits. just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got our title. I did. <laughs> rub rabbits. Um, you ain't nothing but a rub rabbit. So before, so this is interesting. <laughs> I'm really trying to push past this. It's interesting that this this category was action adventure game, right? Mm-hmm. And the next one is action. Action, game. pure action. So, what's what's the difference between these two categories, and well, why? Let's, let's look at how they described it. So, this is action adventure again, for the uh, combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving. Okay, action oh, minus. game is for the best game in action genre, focused primarily on combat. Hmm. So, okay, a bit of a distinction. Okay. I guess I would assume the first one should be just adventure game, and then this one should be action game. Well, but I, I, I get I because guess what... adventure games is a whole other genre too. Like there are mm-hmm. adventure games that focus only on traversal or puzzle solving or story, you know? Yeah, and not okay. combat. So I, I understand and... why there's an action slash adventure because like they combine those two separate things. But this okay. doesn't have like an adventure game category. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's the thing. There's a lot of um, games I feel are kind of left out. Yeah, but, uh, in just... turn, like genres in general have kind of all really begun to bleed together for the most part. So mm-hmm. distinguishing them like the way we've done in the past has become a lot harder than it used to be. Yeah, but let's you don't necessarily get a lot of horror. Get... Oh, this year's actually been a lot of horror games. There was the yeah. Blair Witch Project. Um... What was that? Uh, World War Z. Z. And that's like a survival. Yeah, that's action. more. Yeah. That's more of an action. Yeah. Then you I had mean, uh, I got Resident. scared. <laughs> I'm sure. Wow. But what were the nominations so for the action? Nominees for action game are Apex Legends, which I forget came out this year. Like, geez. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Astral Chain, Call of Duty: Modern Warfare, Devil May Cry Five, which I also forgot came out this year, Gears <laughs> Five, and Metro Exodus, which is like an open world thing i'm like how is that not an adventure game like an action adventure game that's weird to me that that's in here you see what i'm saying but uh what are you guys favorites in the action game lineup uh well for me astro train looks amazing haven't played it yet haven't played it in the future at some point um what was the first one again uh apex legends yes Apex Legends. I mean, that was really fun. I mean, it still is a really fun game. It just mm-hmm. uh, so much things I was playing, I kind of fell off from playing it. But it, as a, especially for a free to play game, it was amazing. I mean, even if you paid for the game, it was actually pretty good. Yeah, it's solid you know, either way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for me, it, it's going to be between those two. I would think between Astro Chain and Apex Apex Legends. Yeah. I think. Okay. Yeah. What um, are your looking like? Apex Legends gets it for me, hands down. It came out with the bang. It has disappointed me once. Um, with the bang. You know what I'm saying? Like, for real, the way it came out was just amazing. You're like, and hey, surprise, here's this. Here's an amazing game right All off Monday. the bat. Everybody can play it. You know what I mean? True. Um, and they're constantly updating it. They're tweaking it. They're balancing it. Apex Legends, you get it for me. Apex Legends. Yeah, I kind of... I agree. Like, I do think Apex Legends is probably my favorite for this genre, mm-hmm. for this category, rather. 
um, kind of because of the huge impact it had when it launched. Like it, it got a bunch of people who were kind of like, I don't want anything to do with a battle royale genre to understand how a battle royale genre can be fun. This guy right here. Right, and it was kind of cool. respawns, um, respawns, like redemption story. Well, not, <laughs> oh, redemption. yeah, because not not to say that like, respawn has always been a quality developer. Like they made Titanfall one, which was very well critically received, but didn't sell very well. And then they made yeah. Titanfall two. Well, no, actually, Titanfall one sold very well, but then the, the other critics, yeah, the critics kind of went soft on it because it didn't have anything after the multiplayer. Thing. It was all multiplayer focus. It was no real story. Titanfall Two addressed that was critically acclaimed, but then didn't sell very well because I guess the players of the first game felt like they were like it had had a sharp drop off in terms of like players. So that this kind of brought really respawn too. back from the dead. Not dead. They weren't dead, but it kind of put them in the limelight. <laughs> and they're continuing that tr- that um, path with uh, Star Wars because that's from them too. Uh, also this year, so that's very impressive. So I I would want them to win this to kind of kind of keep their their streak going. I wonder what the cutoff is for this stuff because I would have I would have thought Star Wars would be on one of these lists. Yeah, and I think probably the voting and stuff would have been done before that before. game released. Yeah, yeah. So this that's is part of part of next year, right? It better be. Yeah. It better be. This game is great. Well, here, but sorry, go ahead. What's yeah, your question, yeah. bro? What's next? What's next? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, game of the year is next. Yeah. Oh. Oh, matter of fact, before we go to game of the year, I forgot. Deep Did you down, scroll down. Yeah, they have family. Not family. Do you guys want to talk about family? Because I, I was looking for fighting game. Yeah, oh, fighting, fighting game down there too. I see it. Um. So they have uh, in the fighting game category category i'll read the description for the best game designed primarily around head-to-head combat they have dead or alive 6 which i had no idea came out (laughs) this year jump force (laughs) which i think should not be on this list don't hate it's visually stunning that has nothing to do with it being fighting game uh, best fighting game of the year and also i disagree it's not visually stunning at all to me (gasps) and then mortal kombat 11 samurai showdown and then super smash bros ultimate which made the fighting game <laughs> list. There's no denying Super Smash Bros. is a fighting game. The oh, FGC, yeah, the fighting community, it's likes to try point. and push it to the side. Like, oh, it's not a real fighting game. It's for babies. It's blah, blah, blah. Who says that? The fighting game community. <laughs> the folks who, um, who laugh at the fact that Terry Bogard's uh, regular button inputs are in the game. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Super Smash Bros. has its hands down. Um, but I did enjoy visually Jump Force. Not technically, like, not the mechanics-wise. And then uh, Mortal Kombat 11, oh, I think it's a very close second for me. Only because they took out some mechanics from 10 that really changed up the game. One of the biggest things they changed is running. You cannot run in this game unless your character, like, special runs. I feel like they go back and forth in Mortal Kombat with that. Like it's like it's like every other game you can run in it. Yeah, and in ten I thought they did an amazing job with it, and I, I wanted it to stay. Now they took it out again, so it's like man, and that's it, it's it's huge, you know, when it comes to the overall mechanics. So I still say Super Smash Brothers takes it. Um, as big of a Smash Bros fan as I am, I kind of see Mortal Kombat 11 coming out on top. To be honest, like I feel like it's that's more I say, it's traditional, a close and mm-hmm. I feel like. 
like the kind of judges who would like gather and be on that panel. Like just like Smash just getting a nomination, I feel like in their heads would be enough, but they wouldn't like desecrate the fighting game genre by making it the best fighting game <laughs> of the year. Like they would want to give that's it to something sad, that has that's more lineage. A factor. Yeah, like I mean, it's it's there are actual industry people who are voting in this, so I'm kind of taking that into consideration. I can't imagine. I don't know how the hell Jump Force got on this list. To be honest, Last thing, I <laughs> I'm feel trying like to ignore that slander. There's a lot of salt <laughs> in your blood for a game yeah. you haven't given a fair shake to. How did I not give it a fair shake? I played it mean? for a significant amount of time. I got, I did the tutorials. And did you fight had, other people? Did I? Did I fight you guys? The, that's where we had the most fun was fighting each other. But I mean, you could have fun playing whatever with a friend. Like it doesn't make the thing that you guys were playing any better. Oh, it does. Or worse. True. No, I no, I, I feel what Sig was saying. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll wait till Jeff tells us the rest of our feelings. <laughs> so Jeff, do you do you have a pick then for what, uh, what you yeah, think? It's kind of the same too. Mortal Kombat and Smash. Those are the two that I think are, um, and you know, top two contenders for that particular two, okay. category. One All thing right. I'll say about those two games. Mortal Kombat 11 had a much better story than Super Smash Bros. That story I mean, was actually yeah. really good. Can you even call Super Smash Bros. Ultimate a story? <laughs> I'm just saying. It's kind of a it was included. Events. There's a story mode that was included. Right. Right? And you, you had fighting mechanics throughout it. And the same with Mortal Kombat 11. There's a story mode, and you had fighting mechanics throughout. Mortal Kombat 11 was better than Super Smash Bros. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, so we're going to move off of the fighting games category and move into the RPG or role-playing game category for the best game designed with rich player character customization and progression, including massively multiplayer experiences. They have Disco Elysium, which is mm-hmm. a fairly new game, Final Fantasy XIV, Kingdom mm-hmm. Hearts Three, Monster Hunter World Iceborne, and The Outer Worlds. Mm. So I can... Probably guess what Blue would <laughs> pick for role playing game. Of course, here. Disco Elysium, baby. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I stand by Final Fantasy XIV. It's such an amazing game. Um, it's come so far, and the developers and the game directors really, I feel like they listen to the fans. They balance everything for good. And while people are upset with changes every time, they end up accepting it and realizing why things were changed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I think generally it's a it's a non... I'm not going to say there's not toxic people on there, but it's a good community in general. Like you have a small percentage of toxic folks and, and it's gameplay... And constantly just toxic. evolving and stuff, right? What's that? Like, the ga- like the ga- like keep adding stuff to the game, essentially, right? Like they keep how, adding stuff out? one or two expansions within this year, or was it more than that? Uh, this year it's been one. It's one, been okay. one. Yeah, but... Um, they're still releasing major patches, you know, to address issues that come up. Um, and they, they do it fairly quickly, too. It, it's just, I've you feel the love in this game. And it's a game that you don't really want to stop playing, even once you've finished the story. There's so much to do. And there's so much to get into, and there's so much to master in the game. Um, and it's Final Fantasy. The music and, you know, the, the art direction, you know it's amazing. So, they, they got it for me. I love... Iceborne, Monster Hunter Iceborne. I love the Outer Worlds. Um, Kingdom Hearts 3, I like it. I don't love it. But um, but yeah, Final Fantasy still wins by a mile for me. Okay. Uh, me, personally, Yeah. 
I haven't played any other RPG on this list other than Monster Hunter World Iceborne. <laughs> but I will say, I don't think it'll win. <laughs> like, if if I have to pick, like, based on kind of what I'm hearing from, like, the community, it's either going to be between the Outer Worlds or Disco Elysium. Because mm, um, I, I, I actually <laughs> have Disco Elysium on my um, computer because of what I've heard. Like, IGN, I believe, gave it a 10 this year. I think that's the only 10 to give Ooh. it. And um, the guys um, from Escapist who played that game, like, they, mm-hmm. they're on it. Like, apparently it's, like, a very, very immersive, mostly story-driven, but, like, in-depth role-playing game, like, with a capital RPG. Like, yeah. you build a character, like, you give them traits and stuff, and the way they respond to things is like very very unique based on kind of their skill checks and like the way you've built them up and like talents and stuff that they have it's not very combat heavy but it's very like role playing centric so that makes me feel like it's another D&D you know what yeah, i mean yeah like i think it's kind of heavily based off of like the way those tabletop role playing games kind of function and but, i love D&D don't get me wrong but ooh. i don't feel like this I don't know. I don't feel I, I, you know, I haven't played it. Mm. A lot of people are saying it's great, but I don't feel like it's creative enough um, to be RPG of the year. Well, you want to say a game like this isn't creative enough? Yet Final Fantasy XIV is kind of a World of Warcraft clone, isn't it? Um, you could say that earlier on when it first started, mm-hmm. but the way it is now, completely different completely different okay but i mean the game is what like seven eight years old how long is yeah (laughs) yeah about seven eight years i can double check but it's been out for a minute for about less than 10 years but um you you have actually played the outer worlds which i think is the other favorite to win here like how yeah like in comparison to final fantasy 14 like you're still head over heels for final fantasy 14 yeah and i'm trying to keep my you know my long Playtime aside, yeah, my bias aside, Outer Worlds is great. I think it's kind of the fallout for everybody, mm-hmm. you know, fallout that everybody can play, and I think that's why it's so widely received. Um, I love the colors in there. I love the people that you talk to, the, the responses that you can get, and you know, the same D and D build that you see in Disco Elysium, uh, Elysium, excuse me. You can see that kind of you know the basic traits and skills you see it here too. So, um, I think that the Outer Worlds is easier to be received by the masses, and that's why it's up on that list. Hmm. I can see that. What about you, Jeff? Any opinion uh, on role-playing game? So I would think it would be Ice, between Iceborne and um, Final Fantasy XIV. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Outer Worlds might be a contender because it's so fresh and new. It's it's good and it's fresh. It's gonna be fresh in a lot of people's mind. Right. Where yeah, yeah. you know, so they would have just played it recently. I was like, oh, this is really good. As opposed to, um, you know, not to say Iceborne was that long ago, but Iceborne as well. You know what I mean? So, it's to me, it's up between Final Fantasy fourteen. Um, and is it a particular DLC that's up for that, or is it just the entire game? It's probably the the Shadowbringers yeah, DLC. It, okay. That, like that's the only way I think it would be able to be on this list is because it had yeah. a release within this year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and the, they kind of did a complete overhaul with that DLC too. That, those are my two picks for this particular category. 
I feel you. Okay, so all right, we're gonna go to the last category here, the big one, the game of the year. We have, oh, sorry, let me read the description real quick. Recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. So just the best of the best. We have Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and The Outer Worlds. I just want to say... It's kind of sketchy. On everything. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of sketchy that Death Stranding was on so many different categories and is in Game of the Year. When one, the guy who runs the Game of the Year awards, Jeff Keighley, has kind of this long-standing friendship, we'll call it, with Hideo Kojima, the Death Stranding's director, and is in the game. Like he, they scanned his face, and he's like a a secret character, not a secret character. He's just a character in the game. In cameo. Yeah, he had a cameo in the game. And then it kind of just... Like, the thing is, Death Stranding has had mixed reviews. There are outlets that have given it perfect scores. Mm-hmm. Um, some that have given it high scores. Uh, the Japanese magazine Famitsu has also given it a perfect score, but it's also under kind of sketchy circumstances because Hideo Kojima also put that game's previous... Um, that magazine's previous owner in the game as a as a scan character as well so it's like the ethics of that kind of seem off you know that sounds wrong bro um it seems sketchy man like i don't feel like these judges um and people involved in game of the year uh, you know these these game nominations game awards should be involved in the production of these games at all because if i was in a game I'd like that to be at least nominated for Game of the Year. <laughs> no matter what it was. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um, it's, it's just so weird because of how, like, if you've watched interviews with Jeff Kylie, like, a lot of the coverage about Death Stranding have been kind of fed through Jeff Kylie. Jeff Keeley. I keep saying Kylie. Jeff Keeley. <laughs> like, um, he, he's done, like, interviews. He's done in-depth things with Kojima. He toured the studio. He talked to him. Like, that's when the scan would happen. He was basically doing, like, a tour of his studio and talking to him, getting coverage for the game. Like, he's been kind of in, involved in the marketing of it. And then for it to then, for his award show, be sitting in the Game of the Year nominees, when not the, when it's not kind of a unanimous thing that the industry is in love with the game. You know what I mean? Like, some people yeah. are thinking it's highly of it. Hard, Other man. people, like, IGN gave it what a 6.5 or something yeah it was relatively yeah, low mediocre on their scale and some other like i can't remember off the top of my head but some other outlets also were not very hot on it so when you have like probably the number one outlet and then several other because i know GameSpot's probably the number two or something they gave it like a nine i don't know i don't know how that ends up on the game of the year list when it's so divisive that's so. true you think it would be like unanimous across the board right and it just like, came out yeah, and it, it just yeah, came it's out. A pretty recent release too. So I don't know, man. I don't know. That don't seems a little sketch. I think this trending's gonna win because I, of I feel like I, I, Jeff Keighley I would be hard pressed to sell that. I think, like maybe getting it on the list is like the favor that as he's far doing. As he go. Yeah, and like, and if he were to let it win, then he probably he'd probably have like a lot of questions to answer, maybe. 
Now, was this remake of Resident Evil 2 that good? Apparently so. Like, people have been in love with it because, yeah, it's up here for Game of the Year. And I've never been, like, a big Resident Evil fan, so I I would have to ab- abstain from an opinion on that, but I would probably never pick yeah. Resident Evil as a Game of the Year contender. <laughs> right, right. But, I mean, out of everything else on here, I've played Sekiro, I've played Smash. Um... I would probably lean towards control over everything else on this list. I would personally pick Smash, but I don't think the rest of the industry would. As like I the think, game of the year. I think it's between Control and Sekiro. Control and Sekiro, you think? Yeah. I mean, yeah. to be honest, I'm actually surprised that Sekiro has made it onto so many different categories. Like, it's been nominated for like a bunch of stuff. And yeah. like, I like that game a whole lot, but I don't remember it um, kind, of, kind of having... I mean, I, immediately after release, sure, but like in the months after that, I don't feel like it's been continually coming back up in terms of conversation. But apparently, a lot of people are still really high on it, so that's oh, yeah. encouraging. Mm-hmm. But I definitely got to play what, control. What do you think, Jeff? Um, I'm thinking critically probably control because there's been a lot of buzz about it. I think Sekiro was is really good game, but like once again, it came out a while ago so the buzz on it isn't as new and as fresh as everything else um smash brothers like you said it's great that it's on there but i doubt it would win game of the year yeah i mean it was a great accomplishment all smash brother characters yeah, the game is amazing it should win yeah, some third party characters so we'll see i mean i would like it to win like you said for me it's between them and Sekiro. Um i would like to try control and see what <laughs> all the all the fuss is about but critically i think that has the most buzz about it yeah, I'm gonna try to start control soon and report back. Yeah, let me get yeah. get your uh, in depth um, gameplay review. You can actually stream that. Yeah. Can I stream? Maybe. I'll double check. I, I probably <laughs> <don't shoot>. <laughs> <clears throat> all right, all right. So that's our last topic of the day. Mm-hmm. Um. We're not going to do a top three or any trivia this week. Sorry, guys. We just want to kind of keep the show to a manageable length in time. But <laughs> if you have any questions and such that you want to ask us, definitely hit up the email. That's bbetgaming at gmail.com. Um, Jeff, where can people find you? So you can find me on Facebook at Superman Jeff 12, please. Or you can find me on Mixer at Superman Jeff 12. Blue, where can people find oh, right. you? It's your boy Blue B L U B zero N E S. Um, find me on Twitter, that same uh, handle. You can find me on Mixer, Blue Bones X B as an Xbox. Wakanda Forever. Um, also, guys, tune into our Super Smash Sundays. We didn't do a review this time around, a oh, recap, man. but last week was pretty explosive. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we had so some, fun. especially for Mister Sigma. He had multiple do. Falcon punches that connected. All right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I completely oh, forgot about that. <laughs> we lost our mind. Like he was just throwing about, and people were like, "I got it." <laughs> so, oh, um, yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. We're gonna play again today, so definitely come through, check us out, guys. And um, you know, even if you don't play, it's a lot of fun to watch us just lose our minds over uh, big hits. If you do play, come on in. Low stress. It's the dojo. It's training time. All right. Yeah, Don't worry in. about it. We'll encourage. Yep. We'll give you tips if you want them. Ask, yeah. Come in. Let us rate you, watch you if you want or not. We can either <laughs> not do that. If that's what the thing you're scared about. So. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. 
that's that's what I got. Check True. me out. Uh, you guys can find me on pretty much all social media at Sigma Gears Nine. You can find me on Facebook <laughs> at Sigma and Sun, um, and you can find. Uh, all the reviews that I do on Escapist Magazine's YouTube channel as well as EscapistMagazine.com. Um, I want to just thank the audience once again for tuning in. I want to thank my host Jeff. Thanks, Blue. That's it for episode 27. Peace. Adios. Tryna get rid of me, but I am the epitome of a city. I could spat in and get a city, be glad a dream and a scene. Just what I'm finna be, the shit is obscene. I'm on the scene and they better.